So even when you give, it's between you and the Lord. No one's looking at your checkbooks. Nobody looks how much you put there. Everything's between you and the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Because when you come, we are not the performers here. Sometimes people look, well, look at that pastor. He did a good message, so I think we'll give the church a, a thumbs up, right? When it's not good, boy, that church is not good. So listen, it's not about us. Or if the praise team sings the wrong note, doesn't do the right tempo, it's not about them. It's about you. That when you come and worship the Lord, you focus on him, and God knows what's in your heart. So thank you so much for everyone who comes here and you do your part. Whether it's from the time you're out there in the parking lot, you come over here, this is all because you do it as you worship the Lord. That is our motivation. Well, thank you once again for following us with our study. So I just want to make sure we got it back here. Okay. We thank God for the fact that we've been studying the book of Galatians. And by the way, if you are part of a small group, you will be surprised as we've been going through some of the studies, how these things all come together whether it's from the Sunday school class, from the small groups, to the worship, they all fit together. Because all that we're studying about is who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And those of you who are kind of following us, we're in a Galatians series. And I just want to make sure we know where we were from last time. All right. Just make sure I got this over here. Oh, there. We've been following the Galatians series, and we've been sharing the fact that salvation is by faith alone, and the gospel hasn't changed. And last Sunday, we were here on the experiences of Abraham. We said Abraham's experiences was based on faith alone, not by good works. And we realize anytime you mess up with the gospel, you put God's law and faith, it is not that they both contradict, but they complement each other. But everything is by faith alone. We also talk about the examples of the Galatians. He was making sure that you all understood. You had all these things that you were once Judaizers. You were saved by faith. But then you keep adding the law or good works to our salvation. He says, don't be foolish. You foolish Galatians. You're saved by faith. And you're going to remain by faith in God. All right. And today, I'm going to touch quickly on this last four over here. Wow. I'm just going to go quickly because I want us to look at the very last portion here. That's where I will be focusing on. Because next Sunday, we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving, and then I'll take, take this back again in, in January. So in reverence to God's word, why don't we all stand and let's read together the verses that we're going to be addressing there. In, in respect to God's word, let's read these verses in unison. All right, shall we? Why then was the law given? It was added because of transgression until the seed to whom the promise was made would come. The law was put into effect through angels by means of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not for just one person, but God is one. Is the law therefore contrary to God's promises? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that was able to give life, then righteousness would certainly be by the law. But the scripture has imprisoned everything under sin's power so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were confined under the law, imprisoned until coming faith was revealed. The law then was our guardian until Christ Jesus, 
so that we could be justified. What a beautiful verses that we just read. Let's pray. Lord, we know we've been going through the study of Galatians. And uh, times, Father, we struggle when we go through this appalling epistles because there's so much content in it, Lord. But we thank you, Lord. It's so exciting that your word can become real to every one of us. We allow your spirit, Lord, to remind us exactly who we are in Christ and whose we are, not by our own works, but only by grace, dear Lord. I pray, Lord, through your servant this morning, I will be able to give your word with clarity. Once again, Lord, I pray for your people, Lord, that they'll be able to receive your word today, be able to understand what needs to be done, how we can apply it so we can honor you, dear Lord. And Father, as I always say, Lord, I, I'm not perfect a deliverer of yours, but Lord, you are. So I pray, Lord, whatever I share, if there are things that are missing, Lord, I pray you fill it up. The things are not so clear that your spirit, Lord, will illuminate, illuminate up their minds and their hearts. Speak, Lord, to us today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church. Just in passing, I'm going to be touching uh, some of these points here because I want us to be looking especially at the last part here. And I mentioned to all of you, you need to be here today because I'm going to do something at the end of the service. I hope that will impact your life, not only right now, but even the generations to come. So if you're not here today, you're listening to this video later on or, or audio, ask somebody what you're going to be doing. So I hope you won't miss this part here. But just to make sure we, we, we don't skip over these three portions here, I'm going to touch on it quickly, all right, because it's important. First of all, if you notice here, what is the effect of the law? What is the effect of all the laws that given, was given to Moses and was passed on to us? Why are all these laws? What is the effect? If, notice what the scripture tells us. For all who rely on the works of the law are what? If you are following all the laws, all the do-nots in the scriptures, you're supposed to do this, you will be under a curse. Because none of the law will give life, but it brings death. Wow. Yes, because why? No one of us can fulfill the law. We talked about the last time. This is just a review here. And why does Paul do this over and over again? He said, hey, I heard about that last time. You know why? Like the foolish Galatians, we forget. It's so easy for us to fall back to our default of human efforts. Second, everyone who does not continue doing everything in the law of the book is cursed. You and I are cursed because of the law. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought, yeah, we have the young people over there, so wonderful. What else does the law do for us? Look at the effect of the law. No one is justified before God by the law. In other words, the law does not make us not guilty. The law points to us, we are all guilty. Once again, you will see this over and over again. So if you're trying to be good, you're trying to work hard to gain God's favor, that will not justify your presence before God. You are still guilty. All right? I'm saying the more you look at the book of Galatians, the more you realize, wow, I can't do anything right. That's right. Let me give you a third reason here too. But the law is not based on faith. Instead, the one, these things we live, but the law is not based 
on faith. Instead, the one who does these things will live by them. Listen, the law and faith is like water and oil. They don't come together. However, they complement each other. In other words, the law, if you do this, will not give you eternal life. And so if you're going to work on this by means for you to make it to God, this will not justify us because you're the one doing this. Faith says, if you only believe in me like Abraham, it gives you life. And you don't have to do and add anything to this. So if you add works and faith together, they don't mix. Law says, you rely on yourself to do this. And by the way, all, all of us today, we're all proud people. We think we can do something to gain God's favor. We can get, oh, Lord, you know what? I go to church every Sunday. <laughs> I give my tithes. Yeah, Lord, check, right? Lord, you know what? I don't curse. Yeah. But they're all outside things. God knows the inside we're still guilty from. We'll talk about that too. You may not do it on the outside, but the inside, you're doing it. Oh, really? Yes. For example, when the Bible tells us, just a simple thing, right? To put God first on Sunday, the Sabbath day, right? Do we really fulfill all of that? You may be in church today, but your heart is not here. He said, right after church, I'm going to go to the beach. Because you're not talking about really setting aside. And yet the Bible tells us they, they needed the Sabbath. Why? Because even the slaves needed a break. And we need to have a break to make sure we are there to really thank God for what he's given us. But many times we don't fulfill it. We're guilty. So it does not mix. For salvation, it does not mix. However, the law complements faith. Because the law will show us, I need God. So it does not contradict, it complements. But they cannot be the basis for salvation. Because one says, I rely on myself. Faith says, I rely on God. By the way, if you're relying on the law, I'm just repeating this because you know why? We forget. If you think you can do this law here, you need to be 100% doing it all that time. Because God is perfect, right? And heaven demands perfection. So if you're working on this box here, you need to be 100% doing it all the time until you die. Tell me, can you do that? Listen, just coming to church here, I already sin all the time, right? How? Well, the the speed limit says 45. Well, it's Lord, you know, I can go five, five miles over that. They won't catch me. I'm already breaking the law, right? I fail, right? I come in here. Do I come with the right reason? You may step into the door. And you're going to feel bad because somebody's sitting on your chair or nobody greeted you. You're already sitting, right? Or you look around, nobody's here. He says, you know, those people might not be spiritual. You're starting to compare yourself. There's pride there. I'm saying we all fail. Am I correct? You may be driving with your wife or your husband or your kids. They just say something back. You guess, you guys, you want to kill them, right? We fail. I'm just saying if, if, if somebody says to me you, you're going to be perfect, the Bible says you're a liar. All right? You fail again. All right. Then you go to the next portion of the scripture. I'm just going to pass over this because I want to go to the last the last portion, 
What else do we learn about faith? The significance of faith, that we're saved because of the works of Christ. Notice what it says here. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The payment for the curse of the law is death. Christ has paid for that. Why? Because he became a what? You and I are cursed because of sin, and Christ took all the curse of sin upon himself. He paid the curse for you and for me. That's why he is so significant in our lives. What else does it, that does it do? You see, it says everyone, notice that, everyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. You and I should be the one hanged. Because you're guilty, you and I do it. But yet he took it upon himself. What else? The purpose that the blessing of Abraham would come to the who? Would come to everyone. Remember last Sunday, we talked about Abraham? Abraham was blessed so he can bless the whole nations, not just Israel. And that also refers to Gentiles. By what? By Christ Jesus. So that we receive the what? The promise, eternal life, forgiveness. Through what? Through faith again. That's why we are, that's why every time you sing those songs here, only by grace, amazing grace, we exalt. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I should have been the one. You are thankful because Christ paid for your sins and mine. What else can we learn about this? We learn also from Scripture, Galatians. When you go back, read to Galatians. If you and I, sometimes you read to Galatians, it says, I don't understand it. But when you start to break it down, there's so many beautiful truths about this. You know, when I go to this myself, I just feel like, oh, wow, Lord, I can just spend time in this, maybe speak about it all the time. But we got to move on, right? Because we want to learn something else. Notice the permanence of faith, that faith does not Faith does not exist because law comes in. People say, oh, after faith, Abraham, then Moses came the law. Does it mean that faith is no longer important? Oh, look at this. No one, oh, by the way, notice what Paul says. I'm going to give you a human illustration. You know why? Because we need to understand. No one sets aside or makes addition to even a human covenant. Don't get rattled by that. When you have an agreement between somebody, a treaty, when this has been signed, a contract, when you are going to go to this because something you comes in, do you change the contract? You don't. In other words, the contract in the beginning was by faith. And so because the law came in, does not negate this contract. The contract with Abraham was by what? Remember? By faith. That was from the very beginning. And so just because the law comes in, does not take away this covenant that was made with Abraham. Oh, thank God, folks, that I am with the Abraham covenant, not the Mosaic covenant. Because the Mosaic covenant, you, if you were in a Bible study, we talk about Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. In Mount Sinai, you talk about th- that mountain with was shaking. There was fire. Remember that? When the, when the, God, the commandments was being given, I, it reminded me of the Lord of the Rings, like Mordor, right? You can't get any closer, right? You will die. Because God was giving his law. That was what Mount Sinai was. It was terrifying. But the, 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 the Mount Zion is where you find faith and grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice here too. Now the promise was spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Paul gives us an interpretation. He does not say 
seeds, right? As though referring to many, but referring to one. And who is that one seed that came from Abraham? Hallelujah. That one seed is Jesus Christ. And folks, that's the reason why we're called Christians. Why? If somebody's going to ask you this morning, why are, what is a Christian? Oh, that is a very complicated word. Right? Nobody wants to be called. You know what is a Christian? I'm going to give you a very simple definition of what a Christian is. A Christian is one who lives in Christ. Galatians 2.20. Remember last time? It tells us, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but what? Christ that lives in me. He is the seed that God gave us. Notice it too. And say this, the law which came 430 years after Abraham had a covenant and also his kids, that law came in later on, over 400 years later on. The Mosaic law came. Does not revoke the covenant which was ratified. Isn't that beautiful? When the law came, it does not put aside that first treaty. But rather, the law is going to tell us that that law needed to be, that, that faith covenant is going to be satisfied by the seed. And who is that? The cross. All right, you got it? You know what? I could end there. But I want us to go to the last portion here. All right? Why? Notice this next thing. The purpose of the law. Because we... we oh, I call this. We wrestle with this. Notice what it says. Why then was the law given? Sounds familiar? In other words, you're going to ask me, okay, 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 all right. I see that you're going to be saved by faith. So why do we need all this law for? In other words, if I can be saved with the law, why I can be saved by faith, why give me all this law? Make sense? We better understand that why we need to have the law. Now, Paul gave us the reason why, because now you know the reason why we need to have the word of God. Now, Paul gives us the answers here. Number one, it reveals our sin. The Bible is going to show us we are all sinners. Notice what Romans 5.20. Boy, I like this word, Romans 5.20. You know why? The law came along to what? Multiply. Wait a minute. I thought the law was there to help me not to sin anymore. What does it do? <laughs> Somebody said, it's like, you know, when you go around your garden, how many, you know, during springtime, you see all these weeds coming out, and you bring this little killer. Bzz, 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 bzz. That's it, Right? You think that that's what the law does, right? It takes out this little sin in our lives. You know what the law does? Oh, it's a fertilizer. Come on, come on, weeds. Grow! Yeah. That's what the law does. It makes you sin more. Why? Because it starts to show you and me we are sinners. The things that you thought were not sin are now sin. It's like an x-ray. Those of you in the medical field, what does the x-ray do? It shows what's wrong. It doesn't heal it shows us what is wrong with us. That's what the law does. I borrowed something here too. I don't know who those belong to. I forgot to do it. It says Nishido, right? What is the law like? Right there. Like a mirror. Those of you ladies, I know before you come inside here, like, I've got to make sure. 
Why do you do that? Maybe there is dirt in your face, right? Something's wrong with your hair. Now let me ask you, do you take this mirror and say, oh, take away that. Take away the dirt from my face. It doesn't remove the dirt from your face. It doesn't clean you up. What does the mirror do? It shows you what's wrong with you and what's wrong with me. It's not a washcloth. So what's the purpose of the Bible? The Word of God. It exposes, it reveals our sin. And folks, when Moses got that, that, that command from God, it was showing God's people, we're all sinners. Oh, we need help. And the word of God, that's what it does. It reveals our sin. Notice Romans 7, verse 5. When we were in the flesh, sinful passions operated in every part of us and bore fruit. Oh, the word of God, the Bible, the law, it starts to operate. It shows up. The things that you thought were not there, it's there. And so the Bible is important. The, the law is important. It shows us. It doesn't save. Notice carefully. Faith saves. The law shows. It shows us that we need a Savior. What else does the word does? There it is. It was added because... Why was the law given? It was added because of our transgressions. It was added so it would show us we are all sinners. So let me ask you, how many of you here is not a sinner? All right, good. Then we're all on the same page then. Because sometimes I believe some people say that once you get saved, you no longer sin. That's not true. We still sin, all right? What else? The law exalts the promise. Look at verse 19 to verse 20. Until the seed to whom the promise was, would come. In other words, because of the law, it makes you look forward. Oh God, I need help. You're waiting for the promise to come that will fulfill that need of being saved. What else? The law was put into effect through angel by means of a mediator. Huh, that may be confusing. A lot of people try, kind of said, what, is the, what does the angel have to I tried to look for commentaries of that. I don't want to deal with that too much, right? In other words, when God gave the law to Moses, he becomes a mediator to bring the law to God's people. He became the mediator so that we will know our sin. And the angels probably gave it to Moses. I, I try to find the, the right interpretation of that. I'm not going to deal with that, right? Maybe I'm going to ask the theologians to do that thing, right? But notice here. Now a mediator is not just one person. In other words, there are people who try to mediate, but notice here. But God is one. God, who tells us that we need to be made right with God, does not need other mediators because he himself becomes the means for us to be made right with God. Remember the sacrifice? We needed a high priest in the Old Testament to go to God once a year. But that high priest had to offer his own sacrifice because he knew he was a sinner. According to Hebrews, if you study the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us Christ becomes that ultimate high priest. He himself not only became the high priest, he became the sacrifice himself. He didn't have to offer other sacrifices. He paid for it himself, and therefore he had 
satisfied the need for blood, the need of forgiveness through his own life, once and for all. And that's why we don't have a high priest in church. That's why you and I, and I can go directly to God. And that's why I don't have to offer sacrifices because Christ's sacrifice once and for all is enough, and I don't have to add anything to that. That's what happened. We are waiting and exalting the coming of the promise. What else? It enhances the gospel. What does it do? Notice this. It says, is, there, is the law therefore contrary to God's promise? No, it does not. For if a law had been given that has been able to give life, then righteousness would certainly be by the law. In other words, if I can be justified by working on the law, I don't need faith anymore. However, we know we cannot live by the law, and therefore we need that great good news that somebody's going to do it for me, and that's Christ. That's what's being said here. Notice here. But the scripture has, in, has imprisoned everything under sin's power, so that the promise by faith in Christ might be given to those who what? That goes over and over and over again. Folks, don't get tired. What the Lord is telling us through even Apostle Paul, when every time you think about the word faith and grace, it is only because of what Christ has done on the cross that we can be saved. And lastly, what does the Lord do for us? It leads us to Christ. Why is this so important? Notice what the word says. Before faith came, we were confined under the law. The law is like a big prison that it keeps you there and you can't get out of that because you're guilty. You are already waiting for your, you're already in death row. And you, there's no way for you to get out from that. No matter what you do, you have already been judged in prison until the coming faith was revealed. Ah, who is that coming faith? Jesus Christ. The Lord then was our what? Oh, I like this word, guardian. You know what a guardian is? A guardian, they say in the Old Testament, is like a slave that takes care of a child. I couldn't use the word nanny. Something close to that. Like, you know, you know Mrs. Miss Doubtfire, something like that, right? But it's more than that. He was a slave who was a disciplinarian. When the child was young, he was not a teacher, but he was making sure that boy goes to school. When he comes home, he studies. When he, he's supposed to do this. That's what the guardian was. The law was like a guardian to you and to me, telling us that, okay, you need to be doing this. However, there will come a time that what? Christ comes in, and when he comes into your life, you don't need me, the guardian, or your nanny, or your tutor anymore. Why? Because Jesus Christ has fulfilled it. He's telling us, folks, you and I need the word of God because it guides us. It points us to the need for a savior. It points to the fact that every day you and I fail, we make mistakes. It points us every now and day, we fail all the laws. We're miserable. We're self-centered people. We're full of pride. We're full of lust. Whatever you like to call it, we fail and the word of God points to you and to me. But the beautiful thing is this. It points to the fact that we needed a savior who can forgive us, who can give us life, and who can empower us to live the Christian life that would make a difference. So the law is good. 
Don't get me wrong. The law is good in such a way that it points a need for us, for our Savior. It's not that we have to do away with the law, but the law will reveal we need Jesus Christ in our lives. So read the Word of God. You know, I've been watching a movie with my wife. It's called A Hundred, right? It's like the spaceship up in, up in, you know, I don't know if you saw the series. Like a spaceship, they were able to survive, and the world was annihilated because of nuclear thing, and the ship is about to die, and they send their kids back to Earth, a hundred of them. Supposed to be no people there. If you were back in Earth with 100 people, with no law and nobody to tell you, would you rather have the law or not? They needed some kind of order. They needed the law. But they knew the law pointed out the things in their lives that needed to be changed. Folks, we need the Ten Commandments. Because if you were going to survive in an island by yourself or with people, you need some kind of order there. But it also shows us that those orders many times cannot be fulfilled because we're all self-centered people and we need the Lord. So thank God that God has given us this desperate need for a Savior. And so in closing, I'm going to make it sure we understand this. Do you find yourself trying to live under the law to gain God's favor, to gain everything that would make you feel like God you know, I think I'm okay. Or are you saying to yourself, Lord, the more I see the law, the more I see how wicked, how self-centered, how demanding, how unworthy I am because of all the sin that I do, whether it's done or just even in my mind. Because many times the sin that we talk about, we like to justify. God says, no justification. Guilty, 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 guilty. Thank God, Jesus Christ said, I paid for it. Now go live like a person that's been freed by God. Live in such a way that you no longer have the, the weight of the law under your life. You leave the law right now because you love the Lord. It becomes an expression of showing your obedience to him. Not to gain God's favor. You still do the law as a show of your faith but not as a means for salvation. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Well, their heads are bowed and every eyes are closed. Well, everyone has heard the word this morning. You've heard it through the last Sundays here. If you know you're still living in sin, and you know that it's not right, it's because the Holy Spirit is showing us those things in our lives that really realize, Lord, I'm such a sinful person. That's why I needed a Savior. That's why, Lord, you call yourself Yeshua. Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. So God, as your spirit convicts us this morning of our sins, we want to say thank you for what you've done on the cross for us. And now, Lord, humbly we come before your presence. We say, Lord, who am I that I deserve this when I should have been cursed because of my performance, because of how I've been doing the law? But this morning, I want to say thank you, Jesus, 
that you paid the penalty for my sins. On that cross, she became cursed that I might live, that all that I need to do, the Lord, is to fully put my faith and trust in you alone to save me. And so this morning, God, I put my faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's you, Lord, that is going to save me. It is going, it's you that's going to be preserve me. It is you that's going to empower me that I can live this Christian life not on my own strength, my own ability to fulfill the law, but because Christ now lives in me. So thank you, Lord, for giving us, giving me eternal life. And from now on, Lord, I pray that my life will show the love and grace of God to others because I have received the same love and grace from you that people will show our love for God and love for others is the proof that Jesus Christ is real in our lives. So Lord, help us to be a loving church, a loving family, a loving person, a gracious person, Lord, not because we're trying to gain you favor, but because, Lord, that is the result of Christ living in us. Thank you, Lord, for the law, because it has brought us to you, Lord, in desperateness, because you rebuild our sinfulness and our need for a Savior. Thank you, Lord. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. All right, here's, here's my gift for you this morning. I said, don't miss this. Because if you miss this, I think you're going to miss one of the greatest opportunities to teach the law. Remember the Lord gave us the Ten Commandments? All right? I want everybody to, to close your Bibles, close your, your notebooks. Could you please ask everybody to get a piece of paper? All right? Could you please somebody help me over here? Just ask everybody. You need a pen, all right? This is a game, all right? This is the application. All right? Okay, this is an application. All right, everybody got a pen? All right? And by the way, if you don't want to do this, it's okay. But if you do it, it will help you. Because what you learn today, hopefully, you can pass on to others. It's about the law. Okay? And I'm going to give a price. Not because you deserve it, but because I'll say the Lord is going to help you remember this. All right? Yeah, I have two. All right? So here's, here's what you need for you to do. Remember the Old Testament, the Lord gave us faith. But then he gave us the law to show us we're sinful people. And he gave us what you call the Decalogue. These are the Ten Commandments. All right? I'm going to ask you right now. Everybody here. Doesn't matter, right? This, would you please write down the Ten Commandments? And whoever gets all ten, I got price. I got two prices, all right? So no copying, all right? Just, be, just yourself, right? Okay. Ten Commandments. All right. Let me give you a second motivation. Those of you who are parents, when your kids go home today, they are learning the Ten Commandments. And if they ask you what the Ten Commandments are, you won't be able to give them an answer. You know what the kids will say? <laughs> Shame on you. No, 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 no. Good. Write the Ten Commandments, all right? Try, try to remember. Ten Commandments. 
I can even make the music. Dun, 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 da, da, dun, dun, dun. Doesn't have to be, as long as you put the 10. But if you can put in chronological order, even much better, all right? 10 commandments. You need a pen. Look, somebody has an excuse here now. Give him a pen. All right? Okay. A few more minutes. Okay, the first person who can show me the paper that's got all 10, I got a prize for you, all right? Bring it to me. First two people who can give me the Ten Commandments, you got a prize. So everybody take this, all right? By the way, there are more than 600 commandments in the Bible. Thank God he brought it down to 10, right? All right, somebody got 10? Nope. All right. All right, this is just. Okay. Anybody got 10, all right? All right. If not, anybody got nine? All right. Brother Mark, that's nine over here, all right? I'm with you too, brother. When I did this also, I also forgot one or two, right? Yeah. Brother Mark has nine, right? Anybody else? Nine? Okay. I'm going to look at his list over here, right? Okay, next to nine. Anybody got eight? Got eight? Okay, sister, uh, you got how many? Eight. eight. All right, let's see what they got. Dearest, could you help me with that, all right? All right, let's get the eight over here. What? Okay. It's almost time up, right? Okay, I'm gonna make the music here. Dun 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 da dun 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 Alright, let's see. Alright, I got sister, who else did you get? Did you get nine? Eight? Let's see what you got, right? Alright. I already got I already got over here, right? A brother here has got the nine. No other gods before me. All right? All right, check it out. Do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Good. Keep the Sabbath. Right. Don't steal. Good. Don't lie. Don't kill. Honor mom and dad. Do not covet. And do not commit adultery. Good. Brother Mark, he's got nine. All right? I'm going to... Galatians chapter 5 talks about you find freedom from the law. All right? You got a t-shirt. All right? Okay. I got two over here. Boy, I only have two prizes left. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Nope, that's not one. <laughs> Those two, all right? Honor your mother and father. All right? Keep the Sabbath. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. You shall not commit adultery. Good. They shall not kill. Those, okay. All right. Let me look at that. Keep the Sabbath. Honor power. Do not kill. Do not say the Lord's name in vain. Three. Do not lie. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not gossip. That's not a good word. Do not worship idols. Whose is this? Yours? All right. Sister, she's got the second one. All right. Okay. I am going to give you. All right. 
Let's look at the winners over here. Right there. Okay. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a way to remember all ten. That is my secret to you. You want to remember all ten? You want to impress your children, your grandkids? All right? I'm going to ask my wife to come and help me here. Dearest, can you help me? Okay, she memorized a different way, all right? All right. All right. Let's ask Ati Feng if she can remember all ten. Okay, Ati Feng? She used numbers. All right. How do you remember all ten, all right? Yeah, good. Yeah. Three? You see the lips over there? Like a lip? Four wheels to go to church on Sunday. Because if, if you don't honor your parents, you get... Right? Don't, don't turn left, right? Nine is like a bulge behind the back. You get from zero. All right. That's one way of doing it, right? Okay. Good. All right. Let me give another technique. Just using your hands, right? So everybody put out your hand like this. Do not have other gods before me. Say that. Do not make an idol for yourself, right? Do not, because why? You're trying to copy the other one like another idol, right? Three, just using your hands, that looks like a letter V, all right? Thou shalt not use or misuse the name of God in what? Number four, it takes four tires to go to what? Church. You should keep the what? Remember, and keep it holy, right? Number five, honor your father and mother because if you don't honor him, you go, wait, together. Honor your father and mother because if you don't go, do what? All right. Six, all right? Six is almost like a gun. Just put the finger. Thou shalt not kill or murder. Okay. Seven, it's like two people over here, right? The person getting another one, and you go like this, going the wrong way. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay. Eight, you see this thumb here, trying to get from the little one over there? Thou shalt not steal. Right? The big thumb taking from the little one. He's trying to get from the other one person. Nine, go like this. You turn your finger out back like this, and this person is speaking behind the back. Thou shalt not bold first witness or talk a lie, right? Number ten, you like to get things. Thou shalt not covet. All right? Okay? All right. If you forget like what my wife did, another tip, just in case you forget. 
One, you already know, not God. Number two, it's like somebody that's kneeling looks like a number two. You see that there? You like, you're trying to create another image. See that person? It's like kneeling down like this. Number three looks like a, right? Number four, somebody says it looks like a sailboat. You like to go sailing on Sunday. Don't go sailing on Sunday, right? <laughs> it's a Sabbath day. I can't think about number five, but I think about number five is like you're supposed to, like it almost like looks like here you have to honor like that. But, all right? Oops, sorry. Number six, do not murder. That looks like a trigger. Remember number six? Yeah. Number seven, looks like you're turning left because you want to commit adultery. Kumakaliwa. In the Philippines, you, you make a left turn, right? Instead, number eight, they look like a something like handcuffs, all right? Number nine, see the balls at the back? Because you want to talk behind the back, right? Number 10, one takes from the other one. That's why the other one becomes zero. You can bet what the other person's got, all right? All right, so here's the application. I want you to turn somebody next to you and do it. See if you can, right? All right, let's see if you can remember, all right? Find somebody. All right, just find somebody. All right, find somebody and do it. Find somebody, yes. Do it with somebody. You got it? Good. All right, church. You got it? Okay. All right, everybody. That was a practice, all right? Make sure your assignment is that you teach this to your family. Remember, the Bible doesn't tell us that this is going to save us. It would show us that we don't do all of this. We're guilty of doing this all the time. All right. One more way to remember this. All right. Okay. All right. I got it. In the New Testament, in the New Testament, all the Ten Commandments has now been brought down to two. What is it? Love the Lord your God, Matthew 22, with all your heart. The first four of the Ten Commandments is your relationship with God. It has now been brought just to one command. Love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. The next sixth one is your relationship with what? Others. Horizontal. God says love others as you love yourself. Amen? All right. So in closing, let's all do it together one more time, right? Let's see. Everybody? Just follow me. Here we go. Everybody? Okay, okay. Hold, 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 hold on. No cheating, no cheating. All right? Just for fun, right? Everybody? One more time. Application for, for, for repetition and strengthening. Ready? Here we go. There shall be no other gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of your Lord God in vain. Oh, does not have any graven image? My mistake. Third, don't misuse the name of the Lord. 
in vain. Number four, they should remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Five, honor your father and mother or else do it, do it. You remember that, all right? Six, thou shall not murder. Seven, thou shall not commit. Eight, thou shall not steal. Nine, thou shalt not bear false witness. Number ten, thou shalt not. Okay, in closing, if you will go online, you'll be surprised that the Catholic version has a different one. All right? No. Yeah. They, yes. Yeah. The Catholic version has omitted this number two here. And they've taken number 10 and made it, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's household. And thou shalt not, yeah, wife, yeah. They made number 10 into two. So that's the reason why. Why? Because if you look at number two, idols. The Catholic Church uses that a lot, too. All right? That's very clear, right? I'm just saying, check it out online. Just to give you a reason why. How come this is different from the Catholic version? Because they split number 10 and drop number 2. Folks, you can't do that. The scripture is very clear. Don't make any other image. By the way, it's not just idols. Idols is anything that comes between you and God. It can be your family. It can be your car. It can be your possessions. It can, whatever it is, that can be your idol. Okay? All right, I hope that you enjoy this today because I told you don't miss this, all right? So those who are not here next time says, do you know the Ten Commandments? No, no, no. No, I'm not, I'm not. Don't be too proud about that, all right? So, all right.